G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, we might be surprised about the way people either outside or within the church think about motives for doing church or being church. Some are very cynical about churches, suspicious of what they're selling. Is the proclamation or the presentation of the gospel uh, is that, in fact, a sales pitch? Well, a special welcome back to 2020 today. David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. David, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, hi. It's good to be with you. Oh, David, uh, good to talk, and uh, we're going to make a little bit more opportunity for uh, some extra uh, extra topics that you and I will cover uh, on a Thursday. Hey, let me just ask you, I've got this this question in mind. Is the gospel a sales pitch? Do you ever come across this in your conversations? Yeah, I think I do. And I think that quite often I find that, um, how will I put it, that uh, sometimes church is presented as a sales pitch. We're, we're trying to sell something. I mean, we're trying to make it attractive. Now, my argument would be that the gospel is both attractive and repellent to people. But I think when we try and people are very suspicious of us. You know, I remember doing an outreach meeting once and this man came along to it and we'd held it in a uh, an arts theatre. And he said, I really enjoyed this. I didn't expect to enjoy it. He said, but I'm glad it wasn't organised by a church and I'm glad you didn't have an agenda. And I said, well, actually, it was organized by a church, and we do have an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he, he said, what? I said, well, yeah. I said, um, our agenda is to get people discussed. He says, no, no, by agenda. I thought, I mean, you're trying to get me. You're trying to get me to sign up. And I think uh, that's what some people think. They think we're trying to sell them a product that, that we have made. And, of course, it's not a product for sale at all. Uh, sometimes we talk about the gospel message. We say there is a proclamation of the gospel, or uh, some are into making a presentation of the gospel. But I wonder if you've got any thoughts here. At what point do you close the deal? I mean, there is a certain sense in which uh, the deal is closed. Some will say uh, that's at a time when you uh, have a moment with God, uh, an encounter, and there's a sinner's prayer. And some might say, well, wouldn't that be at a time of baptism? Or some might say that special interaction that happens at a communion and uh, you have this sort of deal sealed. Any thoughts here on, 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 the, on the closing of a deal? Is there, is there any such thing in our Christian walk? No, uh, absolutely not. I, I mean, there's a point of decision that people have to make. But here, here's the thing. I, I always say to people, um, I remember talking to uh, a Muslim imam, and he was very annoyed that we were doing some work amongst Muslims. And uh, when I spoke to him, I said to him, look, you're misunderstanding here, or at least your colleague who complained was misunderstanding, because I can't convert anyone. Only God could convert. And he looked at me and he said, well, my brother, you are right. That is correct. Let's leave this to God. And I think um, 
sometimes, especially people like me who, uh, you know, whose job is, uh, not job, but just passion is to communicate the gospel. We, we, we want people to become Christians, but there's also an element of which we want to be perceived to be successful. So we want to say we had X number of people who came forward or X number of people who were converted. At the end of the day, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I think in a sense, there's a deal in that we're saying to people, God says you need to repent and believe, but we can't do it for them and we can't give them a formula. And I think that's one of the big problems that we've got is that people formularize things so much. Um, Maybe just one other aspect of that. I'm thinking of Isaiah 55, where it says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. What we're offering is, is free. It's salvation that's been purchased by Christ. And sometimes I think we present it in such a way that people are just, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. People are very suspicious. I love your thoughts. Only God can convert. So it's a point at which time every individual, every single person, uh, in the moment they believe, that's a transaction that is between the individual and God, uh, something that's happening within the heart. And uh, I I love what you're saying, David. The proclamation is something we do whether people believe or not. So it's not like a buying and selling proposition. That's right. I mean, we're not selling them something and we're not seeking gain for ourselves. And in fact, one of the things we need to learn to do is have trust in the Holy Spirit. That um, again, in Isaiah 55, which is a passage I've been thinking about a lot, it, it talks about God's word won't return to him empty. And if we are able to communicate God's word, now I think there are appropriate and inappropriate ways of doing that. But if we are able to communicate God's word, then we will find that uh, there will be fruit. I mean, I remember uh, I was a minister in a church in Scotland and uh, very few people were coming along at the beginning. And I remember this student from Northern Ireland came uh, uh, called Paddy, who else? And, uh, he would come and honestly, he would sit there on a Sunday night and I thought nothing was getting in. You know, he, he came because his parents uh expected him to come and he wanted to be able to phone home and say to his mom he'd been in church but shall we put it this way his lifestyle was a typical student lifestyle and certainly miles away from the gospel so when he left i thought well paddy it's been nice to know you um i never thought i'd hear from him 20 years later he wrote me and said i just want to tell you something he said um i want to get back in touch with you he said i became a christian two years ago um i never forgot you said, he said, I didn't like it, but I never forgot it. And he said, now I'm actually working as a lawyer for um, an evangelical organization. But, you know, I'm married with, with kids. And he said, my wife's a bit surprised at me becoming a Christian. But he said, you know, cast your bread on the waters, says Ecclesiastes or Solomon in Ecclesiastes. And after many years, it will return to you. And I think that's what we need to remember. If we go and try and convert people, they'll be our converts, not God's. Our job is to, te- to be witnesses, to tell people about Christ and let the Holy Spirit convict of sin and righteousness and the judgment that to come uh, and let the Holy Spirit work in people's lives. And that's a, that's a tremendous freedom when we're seeking to share the gospel with people.
we're not salespeople who get measured by how many sales we've had. You know, um, imagine this if you're a preacher, for example, or like uh, me, a kind of evangelist, and uh, your church says to you, well, unless you've had five converts a month for the last 12 months, you're fired. You know, it would be um, it would be an awful pressure. And it's just entirely wrong. So we're not salespeople, and even when you feel like you have failed in bringing a fullness of a presentation of the gospel into a conversation, uh, don't be uh, don't be dismayed because the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of the recipient, and uh, that's something we need to remind ourselves from time to time. But we do need to bring God into those conversations. This is what you're especially good at too, David, and the Ask Project. Uh, addressing the sorts of questions, the big questions that people are asking. Uh, is there one that in your mind now that uh, that people are talking about, a big question that, that people are concerned with? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I, I like alliteration, and I think that uh, uh, the suffering is always there. The, the suffering question is real. Um, for some people, science, so it's the four S's, I would say, of the questions. Suffering, science, Sex and sexuality, that, that's one that's so much more prevalent in our society. People immediately want to ask, well, what do you think about this? And they're not really asking because they want to know. They're really making an accusation often. And then uh, the other one, to be honest, is scripture that people say, well, but the Bible this and the Bible that. So those four S's, suffering, science, sex, and uh, scripture are are the, the main ones I hear. There, there are others as well, different religions, for example, um, but, but most come under those things. Uh, do you have to then, in some ways, uh, be able to discern what's happening when you're in a conversation? Because as you say, people are not always asking those sorts of questions because they genuinely want an answer. Uh, perhaps they don't have an answer or they have a wrong answer in their mind, but as you say, it's oftentimes making an accusation because they've heard that said by someone in their peer group. Uh, when someone's coming to you with those sorts of questions, how do you think is the best way to respond? I think um, the, the, the important thing to remember is that people are people, they are different. And, you know, some, so sometimes I get invited to churches and they say, what should we say of this? What should we say of that? And I'm saying, well, actually, the, the first rule is to listen to people. And you, you listen for where they're coming from. So let me give you an example. If someone asks me, hey, Dave, what do you think about, let's say, homosexuality? They could be asking, why are you such a homophobic bigot? They've determined that's what I am. They think that's what the church is. They're just, in a sense, exhibiting their own form of prejudice. On the other hand, they could be asking, my 14-year-old kid brother committed suicide because he was bullied at school for being gay. And those are two very different questions. Now, we're not Jesus. We don't know. So one of the things I do is I ask people. So if somebody asked me that question, I would say, that's interesting. Why are you asking me that? Um, I also say, well, if it's a, like online, I would never do it online purely and simply because that's soundbite stuff. And I want to be able to talk to people, to see them, and to think through the bigger issues. And usually a question like that is a longer conversation. Um, sometimes I offer to give people something to read or something to look at on the internet. 
But the most important thing is to connect with the person and to work out why, why are you asking this? What, what's the issue here? Um, and, and so I, I guess the first principle in all of this is listening. So we're not salespeople, but we do have something to offer. We're trying to connect it with real people. So we've got to find out where those people are at. And that, that includes things like culture. It includes things like just understanding people's backgrounds. And of course, again, I come back to the Holy Spirit. We don't have to know everything about everybody. We're not the ones who do the converting, but we do have to show empathy and love and listen and be clear ourselves on what Scripture says. We're often filled with all sorts of doubts as to our capacity to be able to answer the sorts of questions Mm -hmm. uh, that you're mentioning there. And I wonder if you've got a general perception, David, across the church around the thought of, you know, churches called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and and whether we're taking advantage of the opportunities that are there to be equipped or whether the church is not actually offering that equipping in the way that we need to be able to engage with ordinary people with real questions about connecting with God. Yeah, I think that one of the things that happens is um, I, I think the danger is sometimes that the church will perceive the gospel as a kind of sales pitch. So we think if we just train people, now training is good, you know, but training is not everything. And I think very often it's our own knowledge of scriptures. It's our own experience. And I think that um, it's, it's just, being real, and, and what I think churches can do in terms of training is it, preachers, for example, can think about the questions that are in the culture around. Sometimes, you know, you get invited to a church and they say, we're going to do a series on five questions non-Christians are asking, or that non-Christians ask. And you look and you realize that at least two or three of them, I, I don't hear non-Christians asking. So we we, we we're really saying five questions we wish they would ask or we think they are asking. Whereas it's much, much better to, to go to the Word of God, to teach your people from the Word of God, and to listen to what people are saying and saying, well, actually, this question comes up. So I remember going to a church once and I said, let's do something on science. And they kind of looked at me and I said, okay, guys, tell me what you're thinking. I said, be honest, just, and they said, well, we don't think anyone here is really all that interested in science. I said, okay, uh, what are they interested in in this area? And he said, uh, they said, education. That's the big thing here. Everyone's, I said, well, let's do a, a talk on the Christian view of education and, and discuss some of that. And that, that's what I mean by listening. Um, there's no point answering questions that people are not asking. And there's no point you know, if we've been trained to answer a particular question, we just think, oh, I might as well say this anyway, because I've been trained. Um, so I think there, there's a lot of stuff that can be done. I don't think we're doing it particularly well. I think there are good courses and there are individuals going around doing things, but it's much, much deeper than just doing one course or 
uh, one Saturday morning's training. Though I'm, I'm not disparaging these at all, but I'm just saying there's a lot more to it than that. We do need to be enthusiasts for the things of God and get our hearts and minds around the gospel presentation and understand where having some answers or at least some engagement with the questions that people are asking because that can often be the doorway that opens up that conversation around the gospel. Hey, I'm mindful that this Sunday is the National Christian Heritage Sunday. Uh, you're in Sydney, David, uh, remembering the first church service that was held on Australian soil. I know you've got some connections there with the St. Philip's Church, and uh, you've just been doing some work for St. Philip's and uh, the Garrison Church called Church Hill Churches. Uh, what have you been working with uh, with them? Well, um, Garrison Church and uh, St. Philip's, they're, they're joined together in what's called Church Hill. I think, if I'm correct, Garrison Church is the oldest church in, in, in Australia, uh, certainly in Sydney. Um, and they are both in, in the CBD. For those of you who know Sydney, Garrison Church is in the rocks, uh, uh, right down towards Circular Quay, and St. Philip's is uh, more near the business area. And they've got there there is an issue there is a problem that is maybe half a million people come into sydney every week um into the cbd that is into into the center and how do these churches reach out to these people to the business people to the tourists to people who live in 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 the area and i think that's something that's actually uh very difficult i think it's a um, I've been struggling with it. I've been looking at this for about four or five months, reading a lot, meeting people, talking to people. And I, I really believe that what we need is a revival. I've just been reading a wonderful book on Australia, blazed on, on revivals in Australia. I really do think that we need that. Um, so let me give you just one example. I went to hear Jordan Peterson here. I can't remember. I think it was seven or 9,000 people coming back. Uh, and people have paid a lot of money to go and hear him. And it was basically an hour and a half talk on the Bible uh, and psychology. Um, and then I coming back through Barangaroo, all the nightclubs were open. It was a Saturday night, thousands of people. And I thought, all these people are seeking for something. Tomorrow, all the churches in the CBD will do really well if there's more than a thousand between them attending. Yeah. You know, and I just thought, wow, there's this hunger, there's this thirst. We have the food of Christ. We have this wonderful bread and wine, if you like, that we can give to people in the words of Isaiah 55. And uh, I think that uh, how do we communicate that? And that's, I guess, that's my passion. That's what I think about. Uh, it's not easy, but we have the word, we have the spirit, and we just have to go and do it and pray that God will bless. And you've been working in this area of what has to happen for a re-evangelization of Australia, and perhaps we'll get a chance to talk about that uh, in weeks ahead. Uh, David Robertson, he's the director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. He originates from Scotland. He writes for newspapers, magazines. He's the author of a number of books, including The Dawkins Letters and Engaging with Atheists. You can connect with David at Ask. Dot org dot au. Ask is about evangelism, encouraging non-Christians and Christians alike to take up Jesus' beautiful invitation to ask, seek and knock. 
And they're working with media, education, local churches. The website is ask.org.au. David, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. It's it's a joy being with you, and uh, obviously I hope to be with you again. And I say to your listeners, um, if we're all in this together, and if you've got any ideas or comments, feel free to pass them on. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 